0: Warning, this episode will contain strong sexual content. So if you're under the age of 18, or if you're easily offended, I want you to... Well, tell, Mandy, why don't you tell them what to do?
1: You can get the fuck out or you're gonna get arrested by by a hentai cop.
0: Ooh. <laughs> and I don't want to get <laughs> mm-hmm. any goddamn pussy-ass hate mail from you because I get enough of that shit already. So you just clam it up. Put your little papers you really and pencils away. Oh, yeah. Are you shitting me? People on counter, hentai episodes? People on fucking... No, not about the hentai oh, okay. episodes usually, but like <laughs> right, right, the regular episodes, yes, absolutely. Facebook and Twitter. Mm. Welcome to the hentai episode. This is hentai episode 111. And we have a special guest for you today. I thought, you know, I, I listened to Howard Stern, and he always does all kinds of amazing, interesting bits. And he has unlimited resources, which, you know, makes things easy for him. And he has a huge staff. But um, in the past, they've done things like bringing strippers on to talk about sex or whatever the fuck. And, you know, I know that women, and probably men too, have a particular inclination at times to like a man in uniform. So I thought that I would bring for you today a real-life police officer. We're going to call him Otaku Cop, and he's with us today. So why don't you go ahead and say hello to all the people that are listening.
2: What's up, guys? How y'all doing?
0: So I have, I have some questions for you. I'm going to kind of like introduce you to our people here. No problem. So where are you located what is your position, and what is your favorite anime?
2: Okay, I'm located in one of the many counties in what we call the DMV, which is D.C., Maryland, Virginia. So I am patrolling. I'm a beat cop, so I, if you call 911, I am the guy that responds uh, along with my squad mates. And, uh, yeah, so we're pretty close to D.C. on the Maryland side. And I imagine
0: that... I imagine the D.C. area is probably a fairly, uh, it's a very populous area, so I imagine there's probably a lot of strange, and I imagine the crime rate not all that low in that area, so you've probably uh, gotten yourself into some stuff, haven't you?
2: I have. Our county alone typically receives close to 3,000 calls for service a day.
0: A day? A day. Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Holy shit. How many police officers do you guys have that respond to so many calls?
2: Uh our entire agency is 1500 and okay so it's broken up into areas of patrol essentially so uh, we have Adam through Williams sectors Um, but there's there's not every letter is covered and it's broken up into beats geographically so let's say you have like 1st Street and 3rd Street and that's your beat and they'll call that Adam one beat. And then so your your call sign will be Adam One and that's that's what you patrol and when they put out a call for service, that's your responsibility to respond.
0: Okay. So you're a very busy, man, it sounds like.
2: Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes.
0: And and sometimes you're just sitting in your patrol car watching your favorite anime, and what would that be?
2: Uh well, uh as of right now, because of you guys, uh my wife and I got into high queue, so Haiku. We we plowed through that. We plowed through that. So when I'm in my cruiser though, I'm usually sing, trying, trying to keep to keep up with the seasonal anime. Um but I also am watch going through major right now. The first, not the second.
0: The original.
1: is a good choice.
2: Haiku's a great choice. I do
1: Love Haiku. <laughs> I, I
2: named my Persona 5 character Shoyo Shoyo Hinata.
1: Oh nice.
2: <laughs> so yeah. Uh, most uh,
1: people most I'm people a Kenma like Haiku. fan. <laughs>
2: And then, if not, then I'm I'm usually rocking Studio Ghibli stuff. I grew up on Studio Ghibli stuff, so Nausicaa, or when I was growing up, Warriors of the Wind uh, uh-huh, is yeah. my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nausicaa. Oh my God, she's Nausicaa's always been one of my anime girl crushes. I would bang the life out of Nausicaa. She is. I actually proposed to her in college on Facebook, and she rejected me. She said that she that she was already married to the forest, and so I couldn't have her. But I was still banging the hell out of Naushka. <laughs> she, was
2: that, my, she was my first cartoon crush. Her and uh, the princess on Voltron, they were my first cartoon crushes.
0: I think Naushka's like 14 years old, so I probably would... You, you, you'd probably be receiving a call at your station about me, and you'd probably come and arrest me, but, you know. You want to know what's Naushka?
2: sad? In some countries, this is, this is to give you third-world perspective, because of sex trafficking, which is a big problem, where I police, the age of consent is 12, like Mexico age of consent 12 craziness that's that's legit um i can tell you in most of the east coast states age of consent is 16 so it gets a little it gets a little hairy the sex offense laws still better. still kind of make room for that for those people but it it's all about <sighs> consent
0: all right so you I have brought you here because I know I know that there's all kinds of crazy stories that involve sex and I was just talking to a police officer the other night uh, last night at a friend's house cuz my my friend's husband is a police officer and he was talking about this one guy in his station that quote unquote slays so much ass and I was like <laughs> it's like yep yeah. so that's what we're going to be discussing today but I know that people are all definitely also interested in just like cop stories in general yeah. so do you, would you be able to share with us a, a particularly crazy police officer related story that you've had to deal with. It could be anything. It sure. could be like sure, sure, dead sure. bodies or whatever the hell. This what is what I'm think.
1: excited for. I yeah. love Here true we crying. go. So okay. I'm excited.
2: So I'll frame, I'll frame it up for you guys. It was nine o'clock in the morning, Saturday. And we get a call. This woman calls and says, there's a dead toddler in a trash bag on my porch.
0: Oh, oh, my god. god. What the fuck?
2: So immediately, we're all going lights and sirens priority because, you know, when someone says there's a dead toddler in a trash bag on my porch, of course, the world is coming. So we get there. Uh, we examine the trash bag. And thankfully, it was not a toddler. However. Oh, God. It was a human torso. Oh,
1: my god. Just goodness. a human
2: torso. So uh, we did a kind of a visual examination of the proximity and about 10 yards away, there was a second trash bag. Oh, Jesus. You open the trash bag there, there was uh, an arm. An arm. So I was like, okay, now, now we've got clearly a dead body and it's been chopped. Look over about 20 yards to the right, there's a third trash bag go into that trash so, bag, and sure enough... Holy shit. ...head and an arm. Guy had been... had all his limbs severed. So, because of where we patrol, um, MS-13, if you guys have ever heard of that gang, is a big problem in the DMV. It's a gang?
1: Oh, it's a gang crime.
2: Yeah, it's oh. an El Salvadoran gang, Mara Sabatruca. So, okay, they yeah. have a lot of activity in the area, specifically, like, Northern Virginia... And parts of Central Maryland is where they're usually pocketed. Anyways, when we saw that, and our victim was a Hispanic male, first, first thoughts How went to gang tell? killing.
0: Hmm? How can you even tell he's a Hispanic male? He's all uh, chopped up.
2: You, you kind of... You, you deal with people as much as we do. You can kind of make an educated guess, but um, he appeared to be a Hispanic male. And the way that his body was chopped, it was just a kind of an assumption, okay, maybe this is a gang killing. So... We get the gang unit out there, and we've got the entire apartment complex shut down. Keep in mind, this is an apartment complex that has 900 units, and there's people Jesus. trying to leave for work, there's people trying to come home, and we're trying to secure the crime scene because we're missing limbs. We're missing legs, we're missing feet, we're missing another arm. So um, <laughs> this is where it kind of sucks to be a police recruit. Did you find the head? Yeah, yeah. The bag, the bag mm-hmm. on the path 20 yards away had, had the head and an arm.
0: Why, why separate them into different bags? Is I'll get to like,
2: that. The, the, is, the, okay. oh, the answer oh, is yeah. revealed. So, oh, God. So we're doing, we're, we're, we're securing the scene. You know, you've got probably about 50 officers on scene, homicide gang unit, and we're all just trying to get the scene fully secured and start looking because we're missing limbs. So we made a page out for the police academy. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, the recruits got called out and they had to put on biohazard suits, and they dumpster-dove. Every dumpster Ugh. in the property.
0: Gods. But... That is, that is a as,
2: shit-ass job. As luck would have it, all the limbs were recovered. They, so basically, what they were trying to do, and this is kind of like uh, an ID channel type scenario, but if you really want to get away with a murder... Honestly, chopping up the body parts, putting them in trash bags and separate dumpsters on trash day, probably not the worst idea to try to get away with something like that. So anyways, Is it just
0: because they're going to come and take the body away.
2: <laughs> yeah. We've got the body secured, right? So now it's just a matter of documenting everything, taking pictures, trying to get as much as we can. Then a guy approaches our detectives and says, "Hey, my brother's missing." You're like, your brother's missing.
1: Oh, no. And he's
2: like, yeah, yeah, he lives right over there and points to an apartment that's probably about 150 yards away uh, from where the body was found. So they're like, uh, okay, so they go looking. Come to find out that he lived there with two other guys. None of their uh, immigration status was uh, documented. They were all undocumented immigrants. So... um they did a little so bit more digging, then? and mm-hmm. uh, they also had um, a, cu- a couple other people on scene. They found out after they went inside the apartment that um, they had used bleach and wiped a lot of surface area down, so clearly something had happened in that apartment. So they do all the chemical testing and everything, and sure enough, the the, the appropriate chemicals brought up that inside the tub was had been a large amount of blood. So... After they identified their two suspects, because they did, were able to identify two suspects, they caught one. We actually caught one, um, probably about three days later. Uh, And I kept up with the case because (laughs) I lived in that apartment complex, of all things. Um, That was my home. (laughs) Oh, God. Was was your home? I lived in that apartment complex. Some apartment complexes will take on police officers and give you a discounted rent if you kind of act as a courtesy officer. So, oh, you know, if you, you have a musical, music complaint or marijuana smell, whatever, you can call the courtesy officer. And even though I might be off duty, I'm always on duty. So I'd go and check it out and mediate the situation. But um, I lived probably three buildings over from where it happened. So anyways, the long and short of it was that it was a roommate dispute. They, these guys were drinking and they got into a fight over money. So one guy oh, no. was into MMA, and he oh, put his roommate in a chokehold because the guy was swinging crazy, but he he cracked his windpipe and killed him.
1: So it was an accident. So it the was whole an accidental
2: thing? death, oh. however, because of their undocumented status and the fact that the roommate was dead, they're like, "What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? So their thought process was to throw him in the tub, break out a circular saw, and Break Holy apart shit. the body and what an
1: extreme like escalation though. <laughs> is that know, normal? No,
2: mean, that's not normal at all. Um, but yeah. what is normal is that nine out of ten homicide victims know their killer. That's that's par for the course, pretty much. Um, so what happened was is as they were going to the different dumpsters to drop the bags, um, they they found out that somebody kind of saw them dumping and they got spooked. So they just dropped the bags and ran. And, um, and that's why you had a trail of garbage bags with body parts.
0: So quick question. Wouldn't it be the best option if you're trying to cover up a crime, you say the dumpster is a good option because the dumpster, the garbage truck's going to come or whatever. But yeah. if you put them all in the same dumpster, then the garbage truck's going to take the body, all the body parts and the different bags all to the same place. Why not put <coughs> one bag in one dumpster drive like 10 blocks, put another bag in another dumpster and just separate it because potentially the different trucks would take the trash to different places. Then you'd have like a body part in one area of the city, another body part in another area of the city. You're never going to fucking find them.
2: So uh, I agree. Uh, that's some um, m- more than anything panic sets in probably and you're just right. trying to think like quickest way possible to dispose of the evidence. Um but they also found out the other guy fled to Guatemala. So he got away, but um they did get one guy and he was convicted of uh, first degree murder, so it was uh, or no second degree murder, because it wasn't planned, it just happened. But that that was probably one of the I was on that scene for a total of fifteen hours. Fifteen hours? Yeah. Wow. And that was my off day. So Man, that's a fucking that mess. is
1: such a crazy escalation too. <laughs> That's usually <laughs>
2: what happens in, in this line of work. Certain incidents go zero to one hundred pretty quick.
1: Oof. Good story though. That is yeah. pretty good.
2: That's that's pretty
0: fucking grisly.
2: It's legit. Yeah. Like if you if if you if later I'll give you guys if you want. I can send you the actual info of the crime, and you can look it up on Google because it's got articles. Dude,
0: I
1: dig that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, Mandy's I'm, like, I'm in. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I love watching true crime shows. So That's
2: my every day. <laughs> true crime is my job every day.
1: I was reading I'll uh, Be Gone in the Dark recently. I I don't know. I dig that shit. <laughs> Me and my mom. My mom's the same way.
2: <laughs> there is, uh, Your mom actually- and
0: her video games and her murders,
2: If you guys, if you guys dig true crime, um, I know Netflix did that show recently about the FBI profilers. Mm. Um, that guy, that character is based off of a real man who, who launched the profiling division. His name is, I think it's John Douglas. And he wrote, um, the first nonfiction books about serial killers. And they were in a lot of, uh, my crime classes I had in college, I had a crime class and, um a lot of the assigned reading was the John Douglas novels, but if you want like... It's not...
1: Oh, okay. I was going to say, it wasn't the one, um, uh, Whoever Fights Monsters. Is that one of them?
2: Mm, you know what? I'm not sure. But if you look up John Douglas FBI, okay. he's got a bunch. I know one of them has the word darkness in the title though. And he okay. basically talks about the evolution of the profiling division and how he helped catch Son of Sam, and he actually talked about his interviews. Like He actually did go and interview people like... Uh, um, uh, what was that serial killer in Florida in the 80s? John something? Oh, this like is it.
1: by Robert Kessler. I had to look up who it was.
2: Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, but that, that's some really good true crime stuff, and it's a, it's a lot of what uh, that Netflix show is based off of. So you can you can learn a lot, and it gives you kind of a little insight into how wonky profiling can be.
1: Cool. Well, thank you.
2: Yeah. It's good stuff. Well, now that we're all lubricated.
1: <laughs> now that everyone has lost their boners. Oh. So This is the right, entire so episode.
0: <laughs> I, initially, I initially got this idea for this because I have girls that sit near me in my office. I have a pod of people that I'm very close to. Yeah. Um, and we, have, we had a guy sort of, my corporate boating's got about 2,200 people in it. It's like a small city. And some guy went crazy one day and started saying he was going to, like, shoot everybody and was losing his shit down in the cafeteria. Police came, took him away, etc. I think he got fired and he was pissed and he came back and was like, I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> and so after that, they they decided, oh, well, we're going to put, like, two or three police, st- police officers at every entrance, which they should have done to begin with, right? Which they hadn't done it because my company is embarrassingly cheap for a fortune 100 and literally didn't do it because they didn't want to, have to pay for the police officers don't ask me why they make 36 billion a year but they don't give a shit <laughs> so now there's police officers downstairs a bunch of them I'd say there's probably four or five at any time and of course the girls that I sit near in my work area upstairs I mean some of them talk quite openly about how badly they want to fuck the police officers that are downstairs they refer to themselves using specific terminology that I think we agreed not to use and on this podcast, and are pretty open about the fact that they have a thing for cops and want to fuck police officers. And my first question to you, and maybe you don't have the answer, is, what is your theory on why women love cops and firemen and other people in uniform so damn much? Like what is it about because at least seems like cops and firemen are about tied, for, as far <laughs> as I can tell. So, what is it about that that makes the women just, like, drop their panties? Like, they just fall, like they just, like, disappear. They don't even take them off, they just vanish. So, well, what is it? Help I, me out.
2: I would say that probably the first thing is, you, you get a lot of uh, the old cliche, I love a man in uniform. I mean, ever since, like, I don't know, since, like, World War II, you know, a sharp-dressed guy in uniform always has the, the eye of some women. You know, not everybody is all about guys in uniform, but usually number one is, you know, if you, you got a guy who's in a pressed uniform and you know, he's looking sharp, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt. (laughs) It doesn't hurt you with how you look. So just the uniform itself is probably step one. I think step two, uh, the second part of it is power Um, because there's an assumption of Uh what comes with the job. um, And they're just attracted to the power that comes with it. Like, Ooh, you carry a gun every day, don't you? I'm like, uh, yeah, that's my job. But some people are turned on by that. It's like, <laughs> Oh, do you, do you use that gun? Do you pull that gun out? And you're like, yes. Cause I have to.
1: Cause I have to. <laughs> but,
2: uh, sure. And it's, it's really funny too. Uh, that term that we're, that we're not using in this podcast. My wife, she's, uh, She's very very funny. Um, She's a she's Dominican, and she's like you know you tell those those ladies if any of them have anything to say to you they can come talk to me and just she's 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 like five feet tall but uh, I believe the damage that she could do Um, so so uh, but definitely uh, that that whole power thing is is a part of it and I think it's the element of you do danger for a job like everyone's kind of. it finds danger to be, you know, there's, there's this aspect of adrenaline with danger. So, you know, they're like, oh, my God, have you shot somebody? Like, the two questions I always get when people find out I'm a police officer is, number one, what's the craziest thing you've seen? And number two, have you ever killed somebody? It's like, good God, we're not all out here. Like, firing lines in the Civil War just like people up. you ever killed up. somebody? It's not how it works. But um, I, think, I think the <laughs> danger element, like, just, oh, you arrested Bad people, didn't you? I'm like, yeah, I arrested, I arrest all kinds of people. It, it's part of my job. So the danger, the power, the uniform—you put those three together, and there are some women who specifically, and men too, because I work with uh, with a couple of openly gay police officers. There, there's, it goes on both sides of the aisle. Um, I'm sure it does. People, people are very interested and attracted to those elements, and it, it you, you get comments all the time. Uh, traffic stops, you know, you'll have somebody be like, you don't need to give me a ticket. What do you think of these? And it's like, uh, you're being reported, ma'am. Please put those away.
1: <laughs> I also wonder if it has anything these. to do with desiring a hero. Like, uh, the thought of if something happened to me, he could come in and save me. That kind I, of thing. I think
2: that's part of it, because I, mm. uh, I think a basic human need in a relationship is to feel safe. Yeah, And who who projects safety more than military, police, firemen. Like, their job is public safety. So I think that is probably... That's actually probably the biggest element, is mm-hmm. this, the feeling of safety that, that we would project both in our career and outside. Do you want
0: to know what I imagine?
2: What do you imagine?
0: Here's when I fly off the rails and get really, really bad. <laughs> I imagine...
1: You? <laughs> no way.
0: I imagine <laughs> that some girls love rape play, and I'm not even joking. I've been with a girl who likes this, and my imagination is you're coming, you're coming home, and like probably some role plays going on. Maybe she pretends like she's a burglar or something, <laughs> and then you're coming in and you handcuff her, and she struggles and you, and you she resists arrest, and you fucking handcuff her behind her back or whatever, probably behind her back. It's a little more, little more powerless that way, and then like maybe, maybe you even take the bullets out of your gun and put the gun to her head, and you literally act out a hostile rape against the girl. And I and I know that sounds intense, except I know I've been with a girl who would fucking love that, and I have, and I know other girls that I've that have talked about that. So like that's sort of what I imagine is that there's like this element of oh. Like I can have my, every single bit of my power and human rights stripped from me in that moment, and that and that's hot for some people. That's what I imagine. Now I don't know if you would ever pull your gun out with the bullets in it and hold it to a girl's head, but <laughs> I held a box cutter to a girl's mouth once. So I heard you know, that
2: anti episode. Uh,
0: that's not that. That's not all <laughs> that different.
2: That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise so, me.
0: So I think that that is. I think that that's a little dirtier. But I think that comes into play. And if I and and, and I bet and I bet that there are. Are police officers that you know that may have done that
2: that, so that what the police officers that may what? have
0: that may have done that literal act that I just described, maybe it, with their wives or girlfriends or something, but
2: it's entirely um, possible I can say i've never uh I've never once brought out my firearm during <laughs> during sex uh, I'm too scared to uh pull that thing out any time other than when I absolutely need to because I know what it can do right <laughs> understandable you're, and, and you're, but but I, I yeah there that. are definitely some people that are into that hardcore like crazy fantasy just like you spoke about
0: i mean it's like you also heard the story that i had from uh, our friend brains who had a guy who like lock picked a girl's door came in with a mask on like a burglar and raped and did rape play with a girl and i was like and at that point in time i was like i get that because i had sort of was playing around with that too at that time but like that girl apparently was super into that so definitely th- that works for cop for like cop sex too anyway now that we've accomplished that um, and the reason why everybody is here is um, to hear some crazy fucking cop sex stories, because you aren't always married. And um, I'm sure you probably have some stories. So, you know, we've all shared stories on this podcast. Literally, even me, who is probably the most sexually deprived person ever, at least that's how I see it, has sex stories. So... Let's hear a sex story. We probably have time for two or three, but let's start with a good one.
2: All right, I'll give you one personal one, and I'll give you one sex story that that got a cop fired. It, it's actually oh, no. it's actually kind of funny, but <laughs> nice. my, my story isn't anything too too crazy. Uh, I mean, I I used to uh, live close to the West Virginia line back back in your old stomping grounds, Smiths, oh, and uh, you know that along a stretch of eighty one, there's a there's a, a series of establishments that cater to the gentleman interest truck so, stops <laughs> yes it's bars, bars with dancing, if you will um, uh-huh. okay so um i I went I used to go when I lived up there with friends just just because there's really not much to do up that way at all so um i I kept in touch with this one girl. we were just friends for a while, but then after. I went on a break with with my ex at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna see if she's interested still. And, um, you know, she knew that I was training to be the police. So she was like, come up, but stay (laughs) in your uniform. I was like, Uh, uh, that fucking gives it away. Okay. (laughs) So I get up there and um, she had an old old little like oj simpson size ford bronco and it was it was like brown like dirty brown and (laughs) she opens up the back and this girl had gone to the trouble of putting out like all these blankets and pillows inside this massive uh back part of the bronco and she was like get in I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no. So I'm still in full <laughs> just uniform. Just like that, get in. I, I, I'm, I'm in full uniform, but I did take off my gumball because I was like, let me, let me just take this off because I where this probably is going to go, I need to.
0: You don't question her or anything? You're not like, why? You just, I mean, you probably you must know. When
2: an attractive woman tells you to get somewhere where there's pillows and blankets, you, you just listen. That's, that's <laughs> you just listen. And
0: that's advice to live by, people. Take some notes. <laughs>
2: So I'm still in my, my uniform and she starts like unbuttoning my pants with her teeth. And I, I didn't even know how she got, like, we have shirt stays to keep our uniforms from like coming off. She, took off, she took off my shirt stays with her teeth. I was like, what the hell? How did you do that? And how many cops has she been with? Uh, I asked her, I, I was like, she was like, you're my first. She's like, I always wanted to. I was like, ah. "Liar." Yeah, well, you never know. Maybe they're, they're, everyone's got a first time. Uh, maybe she
0: has maybe she has a mannequin in her house with a cop uniform on it, so she practices taking the uniform off with her it's teeth. It's entirely
2: possible. I never went to her house, but um, So she she got my uniform off, and she was already in pretty much nothing. And I I fucked her crazy in that Bronco, and <laughs> she was she was definitely a little on the alternative side. So she was like choke me, sp- smack me. All all that good oh, stuff. She I mean, to be every everything up. you could think of. It, it was it was wild. It was wild. And this was like I had just worked the midnight shift, which is eleven thirty to seven thirty in the morning, and I drove to West Virginia right after I got off because I was like, "What the hell? Why not?"
0: <laughs> so, what time of day is this happening?
2: This is like nine forty ish in the morning. <laughs> we- okay, and where, and where is this,
0: and where is this Bronco parked?
2: At the end of some long gravel pathway by a farm where nobody was.
0: Okay. All right. Because my question was going to be, how many little kids saw or heard that Bronco rocking around? Oh. <laughs> rocking I, around.
2: I, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, nobody saw us because I was like super, super paranoid. I was like, someone sees my uniform. I'm going to get fired. This isn't a good <laughs> look. Uh, but, but I really wasn't worried about that once things got started.
0: So um, this is a West Virginian girl, yes? Yeah. What was it like getting a blow job from a woman with wooden teeth?
2: <laughs> I, I did the, the teeth test. All her teeth were authentic. She, and she had all of them. She had all of them.
0: That's impressive. <laughs> uh, oh, good Lord. They have, they, have, they have toothpaste in West Virginia?
2: They do. They even have dentists in parts.
0: That's pretty impressive.
2: I, I know they've progressed parts. since you left.
0: <sighs> it figures <laughs>
2: I got my wooden teeth. So I'll give you the one that got a cop fired though. So yeah. this is a legend around my department. So this guy responds to a domestic dispute, which is probably, I would say if you were to do a percentage of our, of our calls for service, like number one is usually uh, false alarms, property alarms. Number two is probably noise complaints. People call us all the time for noise complaints, beat music, mm. or whatever. And then number three is domestic disputes. We oh go on domestic dispute. Like, to it, I it, It's not a stretch to say that as a police officer, I'm a marriage counselor. I'm a therapist, a youth guidance counselor, a police officer, all wrapped into one. Because most of the time, you're playing referee with adults. That's. 90 percent of my job is playing referee with adults over some situation so anyways this guy gets to this domestic scene and you know the female is like my boyfriend's you know mistreating me again and i want him out so the officer handles the situation and he kind of like he was making eyes at her. She so was making eyes at him so he was like oh maybe there's something something there so completely unprofessional, like slipped her his number, and he was like, "You know, you uh, you you text me if you need anything." If he comes back tonight um, after he <laughs> escorted him off the property,
0: now is that okay? Can a police officer do that?
2: No, that's okay. complete. That's a complete contradiction to your duty. Now, if if that citizen comes to the station, asks to speak with you, and they initiate it, that's different. But you, as a police officer in uniform, you can't initiate stuff like that. That's. It's entirely unprofessional. And is there
1: a professional phone call they can call, like if they feel like they need help? Just curious.
2: A pr- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we actually like depending on where you live, there's lots of different services as well for mm, okay. for for every situation, be it families in crisis, women in crisis, if you're homeless. There, there's lots of resources, obviously. The more wealthy the area, the more resources you'll have. So it's depending on where you live, it's sparse or there's tons of resources. For us, we're lucky. So um, sure enough, he um, because he wrote the he wrote the report, um, he got her phone number. So he texted her and was just like, hey, so what's up? And she was like, yeah, I don't feel safe. Uh, I think he might come back. So this officer took it upon himself to go back to the house. And he and the girl hit it off. And she basically was like, you know, I want to suck your dick. And so he was like, oh, okay. But she had one condition. (laughs) She said, do not finish in my mouth. And wouldn't you know it. One thing leads to another. He finishes in her mouth. So, So she gets mad, tells him to leave, and that's the end of it. Or so we Uh thought. Next thing you know, this woman shows up at the police station where this officer is stationed out of with a shirt, which she had spit the semen out uh, onto. And said that I told him not to finish. And so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whoa, 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 say,
0: wait a second. So he's asking you for advice on the situation beforehand? What? You said that you told him not to finish. Oh,
2: no, 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 no. Not me. No, no this is, this is the him. scenario. I, I never knew this officer, but he, this scenario was a legend in our department because she basically told him, just don't finish in my mouth. And he did. So she was like, all right, fine. So she threw him out and the shirt she was wearing, she spit out the... Evidence onto onto the uh, onto the shirt and was like drove to the police station and asked to speak with his supervisor and presented him (laughs) with a cum-stained shirt and said this is what your officer did to me so he he lost his job. (laughs) People think police don't get held accountable very much and in a lot of the high-profile situations lately you've seen in the media that has been the case because of grand juries. But I can promise the listening public police officers get held accountable all the time. I've seen officers taken away in handcuffs, arrested, lost their jobs. So there is accountability. It it all depends on the department.
0: Okay, so that was a cool story. In other words, in other words, he taught ev- all policemen everywhere a lesson. Fuck the girl, just don't blow your load.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or 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 is right. uh, uh, listen to the woman. How about that? Just if if she asks for something, do it. Just listen to the woman. It's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's advice really, it's, to live by for all men. Just listen to the woman.
0: <laughs> it's really not that hard to pull your dick out and just blow your load on her chest or something. So I don't understand why it has to. Well, he,
2: well you he know done what? Up? Um, I ha- Maybe you I, I actually arrested a fourteen-year-old who had been raping his eleven-year-old cousin over the course of four oh, years. No. And um, oh my god, his excuse given was he gave in to his urges. Ugh. Well,
0: that's probably what happened. <laughs> Not
2: a very good excuse. No, but it's one that most people use.
0: All right, let's see here. Let, maybe we can do a, a quick fire round here. Um, have you ever had sex in your police car?
2: Hello? I'm here. Did we lose? Yeah. No, we're that's here. A,
0: here's a quickfire round. Have you ever had sex in your police car?
2: Uh, When I was a rookie... And I had split with my ex. Um, I did get I did get roadhead in my in my cruiser, not in uniform, but um, I was we were driving around late, and uh, I just threw my jacket over top of her head. So it's just all you see is like my passenger seat with my police jacket over top of something, and I'm just like trying to maintain focus while driving. So you are riding around with a
0: chick in your car off duty, I'm guessing. Yeah. And, well, okay. Have you ever? Uh, let me see. Have you ever? Have you ever thought about or used your nightstick in a threatening scenario because a girl wanted to, Make, like, just pull it out and just act like you're going to use it?
2: Uh, not not in a sexual way. No. Um, usually, because honestly, most people are scared of the aspaton. Like, because the way you deploy it, it's it's a you know I don't know if you've seen one before like in person, but it, it's basically like almost like a skinny lightsaber handle, but then you have to flick your wrist and the pole extends out almost two feet. Yeah. And it's solid steel, so... You
0: call that a blackjack or something? Uh,
2: The flapjacks are what they used back in the 80s and were like hard leather or something. These are just straight up like metal poles made by the ASP company. And uh, they, I mean, (laughs) when we were practicing in the academy, you, you felt a few blows and... They don't feel good. I can tell you that. And and they
0: have a little steel ball at the end, right? They do.
2: They do. They have a little. Yeah, steel Yeah, my friend ball has game. one of
0: these. I don't know why he has it in his car. I don't know why, but he does. I guess for protection, better than, probably better than having a gun in your car because you know.
2: Yeah. A lot of, I, I don't you're recommend all, you're, that. You're, you're <laughs> a lot
0: less likely to kill a person with with a with a, but police baton thing than you are with a gun. Yeah. Um. Okay, so um, we have some more time here. Do you have, you have any other uh, f- crazy fun sex stories you want to share with us?
2: Crazy fun sex stories. doesn't mm. have to be
0: full on sex. It could be uh, a... Uh, let's just broaden the the scope for you. It could be a story where you didn't actually have sex. Maybe it was just like oral sex or something. Or it could be a a, more, a, a sex story where you walked in on two people that were fucking during a
2: police call. Oh, God. Or something like okay. that. That's so... Where I police there's a lot of uh there's a lot of parks um, there's there's national parks as well as local parks all over the place so when you're on midnights uh, the number one place for drug transactions is inside of parks so we'll drive around the parks uh just just looking to see if we find people and and usually we'll find usually it's just people finding a, a quiet place to to smoke up or something, but occasionally you'll find Someone shooting heroin or, or whatever. But um, this one time, <laughs> uh, it, it's more funny not because of who's involved, but because of the the rookie the rookie's reaction. So there is a there is a hotel uh, right by a national highway that we are responsible that we're responsible for, and we get a call from the manager that there's a uh, suspicious vehicle in the parking lot with four people. And um, and uh, he wanted us to check it out, so we get there, and you know we we put the lights on the car, and obviously there's um, something going on because the windows are all fogged up, and you can also smell a ton of marijuana. So so we get we <laughs> go and tap. Hot, they're hotboxing. their car. they're, they're hotboxing the car in more ways than one.
0: So fucking stupid, Dumb they, they, So they're hotboxing <laughs> the car and they're having sex <laughs> in
2: the car. So they're, they're going for the two for one special. Awesome. So we it's just had a, awesome. we had a rookie start and we were like, all right, rookie, do your thing. Go, go initiate the, uh, the interaction. And so, <laughs> and so, um, he, uh, gets there. And so there's two guys in the car and they're getting, they're getting blow jobs while, and they're smoking blunts while getting the blow jobs. So <laughs>
0: I'm not going to lie. That sounds kind of awesome.
2: It, 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 there's worse things. Um, so he gets everybody out of the car, right? And instantly, me and my partners all recognize what we're seeing, and mm-hmm. um, it was very clear that the two gentlemen who were getting the blowjobs did not know, and neither did the rookie. So um, we're like, "All right, rookie. Well, you gotta you gotta pat down everybody to make sure that they don't have weapons." And, and he was like, "Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I'm comfortable patting down women, though." So he does the he does his pat downs, uh, and then it finally dawns on him and while it dawns on him uh he looks over at his field training officer and he's like uh corporal um I don't think they're girls and the two guys (laughs) who were getting the blowjobs were like what and then they looked and sure enough the two the two women that were giving the blowjobs were actually transvestites so then the two guys who were getting the blowjobs tried to go after the two transvestites because they didn't they didn't know that they weren't women and they were like what the <laughs> fuck I'm not getting so we had to break up a fight between the two guys that were getting blowjobs from the transvestites and then we had to restore calm and order and get it all situated with how much drugs and who was responsible for what but the rookie's face was mortified because the one had like a fishnet dress on and it was like well you gotta check you know the pe- women hide things in between their in their breasts you gotta you got to do a, a proper pat down. And, and then he realized when he went in between the thighs, the look on, on his face was like, uh, like he just had, he had no idea what to do. He, he was And he quit the he next He was frozen. Day. <laughs> he was like, this, this does not compute. I don't know what's happening. But the, the funnier thing was just trying to restrain the other two guys from going after them. What do you mean you're not a chick? It's like, oh, God. <laughs> I, oh it, was, God. It, was, it was a crazy situation, but we got it all calmed down.
0: Obviously, smoking marijuana, at least in Maryland, is illegal. But is getting a blowjob in a car that you own in, in the dark at night in a park
2: illegal? Actually, this is the funny thing getting a blowjob in your car is more illegal than smoking marijuana in your car now. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. In, well, that
0: should be true because smoking in, marijuana in, So be in D.C., at all. Uh,
2: in, in most portions, marijuana is legal now. And in Maryland, they have decriminalized marijuana. In amounts 10 grams or less. So basically, okay. like if you were just sitting in your car by yourself, smoking a joint, and it was like literally all, the joint was all you had. If I wanted to, I could give you a $40 ticket. But that is the, that is the maximum penalty you could receive for that. And, and I wow. really feel that the, the trend is floating towards legalization, which I'm all for uh, because it frees us up to deal with the stuff that matters more. Exactly.
0: That was a pretty fucking good story with a good punchline at the end. I appreciate that. Wow, I, I Maybe wish that he... I had
2: like could just have taken a picture of that rookie's face when he when it, he realized what he was doing. It was it was priceless. Oh my god!
0: Well, it's good that you guys provide like field training for the rookies and stuff because, and you have like people there to supervise and help them because that. It seems like a pretty difficult job, and then the it places you in a lot of uncomfortable situations, I think, I'm think i guessing, until you become like fairly numb to a lot of things. You
2: have to, because we deal with—I mean, I've seen more dead bodies than I can count. Oh, actually, this is a good story for, for a hentai-related. So good when I you. was a rookie, um, I had to do a death report. Now, where I police, you have to document every death that occurs in the county— whether it's suspicious or natural causes, um, and you could die at a hospital or wherever. Uh, the police are going to do a death report. So um, the phone, the the call for service that every officer learns to dread is when you hear a call out over the radio say, "I need two units to respond to such and such house or apartment." Uh, complainant reports a strange smell coming uh, from so the door.
0: Strange smell. A strange
2: smell. Now I don't. I'm sure some people that listen may or may not have experienced decomposition in a body. So they know, but once you smell a decomposing body, you never forget the smell. It's a very, what is it?
0: What is it similar to try?
2: Um, so it's like, if if you've driven past rotting roadkill before it's like a skunk, it's similar to that, but like amp up the rancidness of the smell by like a hundred times. And once that's in your clothes, it, um, you got to wash your clothes. You may as well just burn them because it's just all over you. I took like four showers. So we, um, we get to this apartment complex and this guy's apartment's on the seventh floor. The second I stepped off the ladder, I, was, I looked at my training officer. I was like, what the hell is that smell? And he was like, what do you think that smell is? I was like, it's a dead body, isn't it? He was like, but he knows right away. He was like, dude, it's a dead body. So I was like, well, can I go back down and get, get a mask? He was like, hell no. You need to learn to deal with this. And then he proceeds to take out a little Vicks Vapor Rub, puts it under his nostrils, and puts on a mask and just stands there while I have to go into this apartment uh, with nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Up. So I go well, inside. it's training, I guess. On yeah, the job it's all, all for training. So it's a, it's a one-bedroom one studio apartment. And I go inside, and what do I see is a naked man on his bed clearly deceased now this is in the dead of august there is no air conditioning in the apartment all the windows were sealed and advanced decomposition had set in probably about 72 hours prior so were there any maggots uh yeah he not only were there maggots maggots, but his his body was bloated and what happens is is all the fluids in your body they got to go somewhere so you start to... The gases in your body start to bloat you. So you kind of mm-hmm. look like a blowfish in the face. It's, you're really unrecognizable. It looks like somebody beat you up because your face is so puffed and your body Holy is so shit. puffed. But the thing is, because the fluid's got to go somewhere, when you move that body, uh, the skin peels away. And pretty oh, much it's just... Fuck. The body starts to break down. So, That's um, awful. But as, as far as like going from like a hentai perspective... Um, the gentleman died. mortem, baby. Woo! Oh, he died. Uh, he had a heart attack giving himself uh, a hand job. He, was, I
1: thought so. he <laughs> was, he was jerking
2: off and had a heart attack. So he died, so boner sad. in hand with the spice network in the background and, and a red pair of panties in his hand. That no.
1: has to be a common occurrence, isn't it?
2: Never even uh, had to finish. Heart attacks while masturbating?
1: Yeah, or possibly on the toilet,
2: too. <laughs> oh, we call them potty codes. Yeah. It means they died on the toilet. And it's usually just old people who bear down too mm-hmm. hard and have a lethal drop in blood pressure, and they don't bounce back.
0: Holy shit, I'm never getting old. Fuck that or, shit. Or when you
2: do get old, <laughs> listen to your doctor and take that Metamucil.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> or, 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 or how about this? Fucking exercise.
2: There, there is that, too. That there is, there is that, but there's only so Keep much exercise you can do sometimes. When it's your time, it's your time.
0: Oh my God, that's I don't know. Do people do like people throw up like their first time they see a dead body like that?
2: Depends. Uh, I thankfully kept it kept it down, but um, another officer came in just to kind of see what was going on, and she instantly turned around and threw up outside of the outside of the house. I instantly, as soon as I went inside, knowing I wasn't going to be able to do anything with like covering my nose. I was like, okay, I am mouth breathing the entire time and I'm not differentiating if this is all mouth breathing from here. And that yes. that saved me. Wow. That's grotesque.
0: Well. He never even got to finish. That's so sad. Poor guy. Oh no. I, I know. Oh,
2: that's man. that's that's one way to go. I mean, he at least he went out happy. That's all you can ask for some people. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I, and I don't want to sound insensitive to the poor guy that died, but you see this stuff so much that sometimes you just, you got to joke about it or else you, you'll need years of therapy yourself.
1: Mm hmm. Hey, I've always thought, I've always wondered how common that is. I've always wondered that. Uh, Especially I've, among older people.
2: Yeah, with the older people, it's more on the toilet than anything else. Mm. Usually it's on the toilet, um, shower maybe. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, you know, we've actually saved a couple people's lives because uh, um, another common call for service is just to check on the welfare. And we get calls call from people all the time who want us to check on family members. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is your family. Why aren't you checking on them? But whatever. Yeah. So we'll go and check. And there's been more than one occasion where we have found, you know, some poor old person. That, you know, fell off the toilet and they're not able to get back up. And they've been laying there for 48 hours, 72 hours. And it's oh. like, fuck. but, but, you know, they're dehydrated and their pulse is low. But, you know, we got there in time to save them. That's happened more than a few times. So it's, oh. you know, it's getting old sucks. <laughs> it really, so when really that happens,
0: sucks. out of curiosity, when that happens, who eats the bill? Is it is does the state eat the bill? Does the person being rescued eat the bill or does the family eat the bill?
2: So it depends on the situation. Okay, um, most ambulance transports, at least where we live, it's like four hundred dollars per ambulance ride, and that's supposed to be on the patient. But there are times where, like when we commit people, uh, like your like your friend who wanted to threaten the world, um, more than likely, huh? if, if uh, the, Wait, the guy, your coworker whatever who was like saying he was going to shoot oh, up the place the crazy
0: guy he wasn't my coworker but yeah i know who you're talking maybe,
2: about maybe uh, basically in in a situation like that if somebody is proven to be a harm to themselves or others we commit them we we take them into custody just like a prisoner and we take them to the closest uh hospital with a psych ward and we commit them so um if we're the ones doing the committing then it's just kind of like uh the cost of doing business um but most of the Cost time, the hospitals sold. will go after the patients for, for that money. And in some cases, the taxpayer will foot the bill.
0: All right. Well, Manny, do you have any questions that you want to ask? This is a uh-huh. good opportunity to have all of your curiosities. Yeah, yeah. Um, Break out your <laughs> true crime mind. I can't think of anything, though. I wasn't
2: oh, really gosh, prepared for all that. Oh, god, she's
1: No, I think, I think we covered a lot of stuff, though. I think
2: I'm good. Cool. Uh, Thank was you for coming
1: in, though. That was really yeah. interesting.
2: Yes, it's my pleasure. Is, I, I can talk shop all day. Uh, this is high level hear... service. <laughs> well, if you ever come and visit your family, Mitch, you know how to get in a hold of me. I'll take you for some of that delicious ramen in Annapolis.
0: Oh, well, I do have I do have an uncle who lives in Maryland, um, but I haven't visited them in probably 15 years, just because we're not really super close and. I mean, and his wife's kind of a pain in the ass. So I don't really, I don't really think that I would, I don't think I would actually visit them. I, I'd be more likely to just visit you and not them. That would also <laughs> oh, be Oh,
1: I fine. have a question. Actually, yeah. I just thought of something. Boom,
2: here we go. Go for it. <laughs> it's not, not a it?
1: sexy question though. It was actually just going back to what we were talking about.
2: No, nah, it's all good. Any questions?
1: how? Oh, how I've always wondered this because I have weird worries when I'm sitting here by myself in my apartment. <laughs> how hard is it to like get into people's like, like if say if they live in an apartment complex and uh, say they, you have to go through the leasing agent, do you have to go like through the leasing agent to get in there? Like if the, say it's like a locked building, how mm-hmm. do you access that?
2: So a lot. Like
1: if, if someone's saying like, um, <clears throat> I haven't heard from this family member in a couple of days, could you go check on them? Mm-hmm. Like something like that.
2: Mm-hmm um we force entry if we have to oh okay so we have breach tools that we use i've always
1: wondered that i'm like if something happens to me how is anyone going to get to me because you, you have to get
2: through my door
1: downstairs if get through my door we <laughs> right.
2: have breach tools so if, if you okay. need us we'll get to you that's not gonna yeah, be a problem i promise you that
0: <laughs> those 60 pound like battering ram things open a door like nothing that's a, yeah. a lot of weight on one solid spot on the door. But I
1: was just wondering, like, could you do that if someone's just like, I haven't heard from them for a while. And then you come in here and I'm perfectly fine. Um, it's,
2: it's, I'm like, I
1: just didn't want to talk to him. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was like, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to ignore my aunt. I don't know why she's being yeah. so nosy. Um, it, it's it's, it's kind of like officer's discretion. What you look for. Mm. And, and honestly, most of the time, if someone's in distress and they're there, you can still hear them. So like we'll, gotcha. we'll knock on the door and you just, you listen real closely. Cause sometimes, you know, most of the time there's no signs of distress and they just haven't communicated with that person. But if you listen closely and you're knocking, you're like, police, you know, you'll hear like, help, help. You're like, oh, oh God.
1: Gotcha.
2: Believe it or not, that happens more often than not in hoarder houses. We've, oh we've God. had to unbury quite a few hoarders. They, their stuff oh, literally fell over on top of them. I'm so
1: them. E- OCD. That would bug me. <laughs>
2: I'll tell I'm you the worst, <laughs> the worst death reports are in hoarder houses. You got to literally climb through their shit just to examine the uh, body man. for trauma. And then you got to help extract the body from this deplorable condition of a house. It's the worst. Oof. I've been oh on more God. than one of those too. <laughs>
0: just fucking burn it down. After, burn at that point. Yeah. Down.
2: Usually, usually the County takes ownership of the building and they condemn it and, and tear it down. Cause there's really no saving that. Wow.
1: Here's my other question. How much schooling did you have to
2: go through? I went through more than most. Um, I actually went to a a, a career day because my mother works at a high school and they always want me to come do their career day just to talk about the cops. And I overheard some of the high school students being like, he's so well-spoken. Like they expected me to be up there (laughs) go like, me cop, me have gun, (laughs) me arrest people. That's it. Um, I, I... Got my bachelor's uh, from University of Maryland College Park. Uh, So I have a four year degree, which puts me on par with most federal law enforcement. Um, Mm. And and so I've got more schooling than most of my peers. But uh, more and more now they want people with college because it's a proven statistic is um, officers that are college educated have less uses of force and are better equipped to de-escalate. And just deal with people at large because they probably experienced a bit more as far as cultures, conditions, and things like that. And so they're, they're looking for better, better educated officers to, to come on the street now. As opposed to just giving someone straight out of high school a gun and saying, well, go get them, slugger. Did you
0: start
1: schooling for that straight out of high school?
2: I actually was going to be a teacher. But uh, when, I was oh, in, okay. when I was in college... Um, There was a big, there was a big to-do. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but we had um, the DC sniper Uh, right before 9-11. We had the DC sniper and that happened very, very close. I actually went to high school with the son of the first victim of the DC sniper. Oh no. So, um, and he was, he was killed about three miles from my grandparents' house. So, um, you know, I took criminal justice classes as electives just because just it was interesting to me. But mm-hmm. then the DC sniper happened, <clears throat> and then, like, right after that was 9-11. And I was just inspired by, by seeing what, what they all did. So I was like, you know what? I want to do that. But I had also seen videos and things, and I was like, I can do that job better. I can do that job the right oh, way. Nice. So that So that was, that was really awesome. my inspiration to do it. And, you know, it's it served me well so far. I'll, I'll be an officer six years in November. Oh,
1: that's awesome i have awesome. always like, I'm always so fascinated by true crime. I watch so much stuff. My mom's like, you really missed your calling. Like, you should have went to forensics. I'm like, you're right. You know what though? Old.
2: The truth is the majority <laughs> of our forensics people are civilians. We have a forensics oh, really? division and most of them are not deputized police officers they just have a strong background academically so in I the could chemistry. be like Sherlock
1: I could just yeah. be like I solved it yeah yeah you would have a civilian <laughs> Enter ID my number. mind palace <laughs> yeah
2: every every major crime scene uh we usually call out evidence text too and you know most of them are not uniformed sworn officers
1: that's awesome so they I'm help buying us. my sherlock hat right now
2: yeah if I'm you've got kidding. a science background and it's something you're interested in there's nothing to stop you I've been Trying to get Mitch to become a cop for a couple of weeks now. Oh, you've been working on me. The life, the life is actually pretty good. I know? told
0: my mom that you that that a friend of mine from my Discord was was taught, was trying to convince me to become a police officer, and she about shit her pants. <laughs> she was not pleased, and I was like, "Yeah, settle the hell down, right? Just calm your tits." <laughs> <laughs> I actually said that to my mom but well I probably would have maybe I did. I
2: but for your true crime stuff Mandy I actually um I took an evidence class through my department to get certified in in crime scene uh collection and processing and um one of the speakers at our class was um the lead investigator on the naval yard shooting. So we oh, actually okay. got to see um the uh the FBI's 360 degree camera system that documents a crime scene like we got to see the video footage and photos of everything that went down in the naval yard up until when they took out the guy that was blowing away everybody with the shotgun we we got to see all of that it was so interesting
1: damn so So where do you you, how how do you you get get started started in in that Now I'm just, like, I'm asking, like, okay, so uh, I want to be the otaku detective. <laughs> you be the otaku cop, I'll be the otaku detective. That works
2: for me. Uh, so <laughs> basically what you do is you look at, the thing is there's so many police departments across the country. There's no, like, we have sheriffs, we have police, we have state troopers. We, uh, there's so many different departments, and I'm sure it's the same where you are. What you do is you just reach out, and usually it starts as an internship and then you know if you if you do well they have openings like there's openings all the time for evidence techs and you put in and you you get hired like like i actually went through the police academy with a girl who started off as a civilian evidence tech and she went through the police academy and now she's a detective for crimes against persons
1: That's so awesome
2: and she's all of 5 2 Maybe 100. Me too. I'm five two. She's like oh, five to 110 I'm pounds on her on her heaviest <laughs> day, maybe. So it's certainly a possibility. Like I went through the police academy at 33. So I tell everybody, you know, if you really want to change your career, do something that you're passionate about. Don't let time stop you. I'm Oops.
1: 32. I'm ready.
2: Hey, there you go. Manny's going to fucking do this. I I'm going to do, do it. Her I'm going to
1: become the female Sherlock.
2: Yo, if you become <laughs> otaku detective, I will high five you through the internet because that It'd would be, be
1: amazing. <laughs>
2: that would be badass. I think you'd love it too because you really, a lot of people don't get to go home every single day and be like, you know what? I'm, I made a difference today. Mm-hmm. I, did something, I did something positive today. You know, and that's probably the coolest aspect of my job is, even if I have to lock somebody up,
1: yeah, I that's did awesome. Good that day. Thank you so Thank much, so much for, sharing for sharing and coming on. on. That's
2: hey, no problem. Anytime you're in a mood for some r- true crime, you reach out to me on Discord. I'll, I'll oh, fill I'm, your head with stories. Ready.
1: <laughs> Send them <laughs> so all my, my way.
0: <laughs> it's a level of service that would have even Howard Stern jealous. You hear that, Stern? We're coming for you. <laughs> you better watch your old. You better watch your old man ass with your black hair afro. Yeah. We're coming. All right, well, uh, well, I'm just gonna continue to refer to you as uh, the otaku cop. The otaku cop. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. I know that, and I am, I am confident that everybody that was listening to this had a an experience on this podcast that they probably have never had on a podcast before, and that and that's what it's all about, right? So, so thank you for making our content so so enriched and valuable. And
2: it's my pleasure, man. I'll do it anytime I, you want.
0: I have a feeling that that um this may not be the last time they hear of the otaku cop, but but we'll, we'll give you some time to generate some more uh, crazy stories so that um, <laughs> don't worry you know, I go back on regular shift
2: work starting on a uh, Wednesday so I'm sure I'll have stuff for you
0: nice Cra- crazy stories coming up <laughs> alright let me play the outro here where's the fucking drop there it is alright alright everybody thank you so much for joining us uh, for contributing to the podcast and thank you again to, uh, to the otaku cop for, for coming on and making this episode a, a little more interesting than it would have been otherwise and um until uh, until we hear from you guys next time, fuck off, go fuck yourself, and no,
1: don't do that.
0: And uh, <laughs> I don't know, fuck off again. Be
1: lovely, have great days.
0: We'll see you guys next time.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.